You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 472. What do you pre-qualify these people on to make sure that it's somebody that, like you said, you go on the appointment and you get it signed? So what are you looking for when you're pre-qualifying them? The first thing I'm looking for is that they are the decision maker. The second is that they're ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Like you're ready to close in the next 15 days. Yep. All right. If they're ready to close, yeah, I'll move on. And the third one is the price. The price is the more important thing. And too sentimental attached to a property. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome everybody to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where we know that finding discounted properties is the most proven path to financial freedom. I am your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, and I am telling you, if I can do it, so can you. So let's get started. I've got a quote from a book, and this is going to be perfect because I am interviewing on this show a 21-year-old from Dominican Republic, originally living in Greensboro, North Carolina, who has done, did four deals in his first four months, all from being proactive and picking up the phone, which leads me into this quote perfectly. And that is, where is it written that rejection has to be so awful? Why can't rejection be only slightly annoying or amusing, or for that matter, exciting and energizing? While we have absolutely no control over the actions of others, we do have total and complete control over how we react. With that, I am very excited to introduce the young superstar out of North Carolina, Mr. Gabe Capayan. How are you, Gabe? I'm doing pretty well. How about you, Ben? I'm excited. I'm excited because before we got on this show, we had a little conversation and Gabe told me if I were to look at his dialer reports, it would show that this maniac, this wild man, this incredible young man is, you're on the phone how many hours a day? Eight hours a day. Eight hours a day, guys. And and let me ask you this, Gabe. In those eight hours, are you dealing with massive rejection all the time? I get everything, everything that you can imagine. (laughs) Okay, we'll deep dive into that, but let's roll back the tape a little bit. You tell me, tell me about you, tell me about your background, tell me about your upbringing, tell me how your journey led you to wholesaling and to this podcast. All righty. I have like three years living in the States, so when I came here, I was working on construction. So I was seeing, you know, people flipping houses. And I, I was working on them, painting them. So I was like, for curiosity, I was just going on Zillow and look for how much they bought it and how much they sold it. I'm like, I want to do that, but you got to have a lot of money to do that. So I Google it and that's it. Wholesaling came to my computer and I'm like, let me, let me try to read about wholesaling. So I started educating myself, hearing every podcast. Meanwhile, I was working everything, you know, trying to get education from everywhere. Then after 
let's say, three months of, you know, deep diving and everything, I decided to join the tribe because I felt I was stuck. I felt I was, I was already taking action without knowing what I was doing, but taking action. I was hand dialing when I had time and all that stuff. But I say, like, I need to take, you know, a step forward. So everybody that is on the TTP, success. Like, everybody's success. So I'm like, I have to join the tribe. If I join somebody, I got to join some a group that is successful. So I decided to join the tribe. Since that, after my two months in the tribe, I made um, roughly 17000 And then it was the snowball effect. Like, then it came another deal, then another deal, then another deal. Then now I have two pending right now under contract. And I'm about to get three more this week. That's right. I love it. I love it. And so you win. And this is really interesting because I want to really get into this and sink my teeth into this. So you're like, okay, I see that I'm working for these guys that are flipping houses. They bought it for this. They're going to sell it for this. That looks like really good income. And then you said to yourself, well, how do I find those deals? Is that the first thing that kind of went through? How do I find houses that are cheap? Is that what it is? No, it was like, like, I want to do this, but I don't know how they do this. And in my mind, I was like, they probably have a lot of money. They bought it. They put the money into it and then they sell it. But I didn't know private money exists. I didn't know hard money exists. I didn't know wholesaling exists. And when I first saw it, I was like, nah, this is not real. But when I first started like digging out, digging out, I started seeing Max Maxwell, you know, videos, started seeing you guys. And you, you was like, the first thing you see in my phone, it was, Wholesaling Inc. and Max Maximal. That's everything I was hearing. That's everything I was watching. If I was going to go through a route trip, like let's say Charlotte, that is an hour away from me, all I put was podcasts on my car. I stopped hearing music. I stopped, you know, all my mind was, it was in wholesaling. Because when I was in college, I was studying civil engineer. So I kind of like construction. Sure. I want to get to the point to fix something for myself or, you know, it looks kind of fun. I, I still don't know, but it looks kind of fun. And real estate, always like the thing I want. When I was 14 years old, I read Robert Kiyosaki book when I was only 14. And I was like, damn, is, is this possible? Like you can have this amount of money only by rentals. And this one rental can give you three, four, you know, the snowball effect. And I was curious. So I always been curious about real estate, but it was just the time to get into something that I can really thrive in. Yeah. So you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes. Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was like 14. And then the second book to that, I, I remember reading that too. I was like 19 years old. It blew my head. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And then I read the second one that was called Cash Flow Quadrant that explains the difference between employees self-employed and business owners and investors. And that was like, oh my gosh, this is so absolutely incredible. And I think that that's really what was sinking into your mind is you didn't always want to be an employee. You didn't always want to be doing all this work. You wanted to work for yourself. And that's where we start. Remember, when you're starting out in this wholesaling business or real estate investing business, you're not the employee anymore. Now you're self-employed. Okay. That's where you're at. You're self-employed. And some people can make a fortune just being self-employed and being the guy and keeping a small team 
team and just just doing what you do and self-employed. And then you start moving over to that business owner once you start the deals, once you get the consistency, once you build up your leadership skills to be able to hire somebody and then you eventually are making enough money to buy assets. And that's when you turn into an investor. Then when you're an investor, that's where you're getting that passive cash flow. I mean, is that kind of your game plan? Is that your roadmap? Are you trying to get to the point where you're buying or getting to the point where you're buying assets or real estate so that you can get passive cash flow? Yes. I mean, my goal, my primary goal this year is getting one rental. That's my primary goal at the end of the year, at least getting one rental. So, you know, next year I can get like, let's say three or four and, you know, be developing myself, but I want to get a rental this year. Like that's my goal. And, you know, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. I'll all give the glory to God, you know, that he has put me in the right business. You know, I'm really, really faithful guy. So I appreciate everything that he has given to me. That's incredible. And so why did you move to the United States from Dominican Republic? Just trying to look something better. I mean, my life was really good over there, to be honest with you. My dad have a bookshop over there. He's a salesman, too. I've been selling books since, I don't know. I've been in the selling, you know, business since I'm a little kid. When I remember when I was like eight, nine years old, I used to bring books to my school and sell it to my, you know, <laughs> classmates. So I've been always selling things. And, you know, I know I have that skill. So... When I transferred that to real estate, it was like mind blowing because the first time, the first time I actually grabbed the phone and started calling, I made an appointment. In Come my first on. Day, I made an appointment. <laughs> Everybody listening to this, or if you guys want to put a face to this voice, definitely check it out on Brent Daniels Real Estate on YouTube and check out Gabe, check out myself in this interview. It's definitely worth the watch. But <laughs> that, is, that is great. I mean, absolutely incredible. So I remember my first day calling, I was so afraid, but I made an appointment and I went out there and actually almost grabbed the contract. The thing is that I really didn't know the market. Like you got to know the market. So that's what TTP, Wholesaling Inc., they teach you how to learn about the market where you at. So, you know, actually could be a deal because the lady wanted to sell me like for 50 and I think look at it on the MLS and they sold it for 54 or something like that. But, you know, in the time, I didn't really know about what I was doing. Yeah. So you're doing this full time though. And by the way, listen, guys, the chance that the first time you call and you get an appointment and a deal is so low. I mean, you're you're really setting them up, getting, getting everybody excited, but keep going, keep going, keep going again. When it comes to the rejection and talking about it in this book, Go For No, really, it can be energizing. It can be exciting. I think that there is so much more conversation that needs to be had about energy management and making sure that you understand that as you are starting to make calls and building up your endurance, uh, talking to people all day long, it can literally energize you. It doesn't have to drain you. It can energize you. And I mean, you go eight hours a day, right? So give me, talk talk to me about your schedule. When do you wake up? Give me until you go to bed. All righty. I wake up around, you know, probably eight or nine. It depends. I'm going to start cold calling sometimes around 11, 11 till 8 p.m. So I can go more. 
And and so, is that uh, if you don't have appointments, if you're not doing lead follow up, yeah. like because if you're just listening to this for the first time, guys, there's three parts to your wholesaling business. One is lead generation, and that's the engine of your business. Okay, that's what's going to give you the opportunities. That's when you are having quality conversations with distressed property owners or the representative of distressed property owners. A lot of people get a deals from other wholesalers or from investors or from real estate agents and attorneys. So, but it's having those quality conversations, it's lead generation. The next one is conversion. This is the lead follow-up. This is the appointment. This is getting the contract signed. And the third part is your exit strategy or disposition. Do you want to wholesale it? Do you want to flip it? Do you want to wholetail it? Do you want to keep it for your portfolio? Do you want to live in it? There's a ton of different exit strategies. But so when do you, I mean, you're saying for eight hours, you're generating leads. You're in that first phase. You're in that engine room of your business business. Are you fitting in that time when you're doing your lead follow-up? Is there a specific time of day that you do that or do you just kind of sprinkle it in? I have like a list of follow-ups that I have to do every day. So I kind of count it like, you know, in Mojo, you can separate it on in columns. So I put my follow-ups and what I do, I put the triple dialer in the follow-ups and wh whoever answered the phone, I talk to them. Um, and, you know, I try to not go to every appointment. Because if I'm going on an appointment, I'm going to get a contract. So I try to qualify the lead the most that I can, see if I can get it over the phone without going over there. So that way I have time to do something else. Like today, after after we finish this, I'll probably go burn off somebody that he, he ghosts me. And I'm not going to let him ghost me. It's a good deal. So I'm going to go there and door knock him, bring the contract, sign, and I'm pretty sure I, I probably could get it, you know. Yes, yeah. we already agree agree on the price. That is the hardest the hardest part. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so you mentioned something in there. And and for anybody that isn't familiar with the podcast that I do, and I talk about it all the time, but well, you said something about really pre-qualifying those leads. And I know that you know this, but what do you pre-qualify these people on to make sure that it's somebody that, like you said, you go on the appointment and you get it signed. So what are you looking for when you're pre-qualifying them? The first thing I'm looking for is that they are the decision maker. The second is that they're ready to rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Like you're ready to close in the next 15 days. Yep. All right. If they're ready to close, yeah, I'll move on. And the third one is the price. The price is the more important thing. And two, sentimental attached to a property. Because sometimes you can get the timeline. You can get everything. But at the end, they have sentimental attached to the property. And they will not sell it, even though you give him a really good price. Mm -hmm. So that's the fourth thing I try to, you know, get from sellers. I love it. So we break it down when we talk of, about it is the condition of the property, right? You obviously are going to get that. And I think you already figured that you already have that. So I get it. So you want to know if you're just getting brand new in this, you want to know the condition of the property. How much does the estimated repairs have to be? Now, could they be lying to you? Do they tell you it's beautiful when it really needs a total renovation? Sure. But it gives you an idea of where you can start numbers wise so that you can start, you know, penciling the numbers. Second, which um, Gabe mentioned there is timeline. When do they want to sell this? When do they want to be done with this? The third one that Gabe mentioned was motivation. 
connection? What is their emotional connection here? Why emotionally do they want to sell this? What is the problem that Gabe can solve? And then the fourth one is obviously the price. You need to know what their expectations are so that you know if you're way far off or if they're way far off or if you need to pull them back in with some data and understand. And the longer that you talk to them, the more you're going to understand what personality style they are and how to communicate with them. So I love it, Gabe. And I love that you said, you know what, after this after this podcast, I'm leaving here with a contract. I'm going to hunt down somebody that's ghosting me. I'm going to go to his door and I'm going to get a contract signed because I know he needs to sell. And listen, what I heard there was Gabe is so, 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 so motivated. And he, he is putting his his hat on, his, his helping hat, his, his service value hat on to go to this house. And to, that was a weird way to say that. Anyway, to go to the, to go to this gentleman's house and really be of service to him because a lot of these people won't make a decision themselves. They're waiting for you to literally show up at their door and help them hold their hand through this process. And that's what he's talking about. That's what I heard. So uh, really great game. So let's break down a deal, man. Let's break down a deal. Let's break down a, a deal that got you excited, that you cold called, you got somebody, and we can break down. So do you have the one in mind? Yeah, I'm going to break down one that it's actually special. It was closed last week. We made like seven grand on that one. We were supposed to make a lot more, but we're in the business of helping people. So it's not about the money. If you chase the money, never is going to come to you. Yep. You got to chase problems. You got to chase you know, problems, because that's going to give you the right amount of money that you are chasing, not chasing the money, chase the problem. So we found a lady that she was living in a condemned house, literally in a condemned house. I mean, if you see that, that's like, I mean, it was heartbroken. So I went there. The lady really wanted just 10000 so she can move, but she didn't tell me she had a loan on the property. We found after we did the title search, she had a loan and everything. She owed $18,000 on a condemned house that it's a teardown. Like I'm telling you, it's the worst you can ever imagine. What we did, it was like, okay, so, you know, it's, you're going to about to go to foreclosure. You're going to, the city was, you know, trying to take them out of the house because the house is condemned. So she cannot live in the property. So what we did, it was like, we found her a rental so she can go. We closed on the property. We sold it for 25. We paid her, you know, the two months of rent for the other house. Um, we made less money, but, you know, we solved the problem. So that way, you know, she didn't have to, you know, take out of her pockets because she didn't know she didn't have money. So that's what we did, you know, and, and I feel really great. So what list was this on? Um, I think it was code violation. Awesome. And do you get that straight from the county? Do you get it from a source? Where do you get that from? From the county records, yeah. And that's just online or do you have to go to the like actual uh, like county office? Yeah. I mean, at the first, I was getting it from um, a source, but I was not getting the right name. So I started sending, you know, freedom of information ads, something like that. It is. So yeah. I started sending that um, to the city and they sent me a completely, you know, list of, I don't know how many properties. So I started doing what I can, you know, because I don't have a BA. So I started doing my Excel by my own, you know, trying to get this. So when I had like 500 on Excel, I skip traced it. I used batch and I got the lady's number. And she had other wholesalers really, you know, 
approaching him about the house, but the other wholesalers, they were not caring about her situation. They were only caring about the house. Of course. So um, I had that advantage that I really, you know, you, you guys teach us to care about the problems of the people. So I solved that problem and I get paid. Yeah. Well, listen, we talk about it, but I think we just naturally just attract unbelievable people with big hearts that want to be of service to their community like you, like everybody that's in the TTP family. It's really interesting that you, you mentioned a couple of things. Um, you mentioned that the Freedom of Information Act, will you break that down? Because I, I mean, I've heard of it. I haven't had to use it here in Phoenix, but I think uh, basically the idea is, and, and educate me and everybody listening and watching, you send in a document that they are like, hey, you need to give me the code violations. This is a yeah. public data, right? If they're stiff arming you, if they're kind of stopping you at the doors and saying, hey, we don't have that list, you hit them with the Freedom of Information Act and they have to provide that. Is that right? Yes, sir. And is that's that something it, you just got online? Yes. I saw that on a video of Daniel Moore. He told me like, because I was trying to get the water shut off list. I still haven't got it. I don't know how to get it. I'm going to figure it out. But, you know, he taught me, you got to go Freedom of Information Act and everything. I saw some videos. And, you know, I just implement what I saw in the videos. Because if you see a video and you don't take action, it's like for why you're seeing it. So yeah. oh, I just 100%. saw it. I saw it. And, you know, I just sent a Freedom of Information ad. And they sent me like a list of I don't know how many how many houses, like 5,000, something like that. I love it. I, throughout the whole probably state. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. man. And so when you talked to this gal for the first time, you picked up the phone, you called her, right? She got on the phone. What did she say to you that you felt like, you know what, this is somebody that has a problem and I'm going to be able to help her? She told me no. She told me no, I don't want to sell. Okay. Say, I move on. But I don't know. I think it was God that sent me to that lady. I was driving around that neighborhood and I saw the, the yellow sign on the door, condemned. And I saw the address and I say, this house looks similar to something I have. So then I went, I went home and I found, and yes, she said no to me the first time I called her. So then I called her again and she told me yes. And then she, you know, explained me everything. And, you know, then, I, okay, I understood. I went there. The first time I went there, I didn't even put her to sign any contract. So that way she felt that I was really trying to help her because all she told me was that everybody that was going to the house was trying to make her sign a contract since the first moment they got over there. They didn't even know what's going on. They didn't even know that she was going to go to another place. Nothing. The lady was about to be homeless. Mm -hmm. Literally, she had three days until the city was going to kick her out of the house. And we saved. We did that before she got kicked out of the house. Like, we had like three days. And she got, and did she get anything to help her? You know what I mean? Did she get some funds at the end of it to, to be able to move on? Or did uh, she have a different situation no, or no. what happened? No, all we did is like, all she needed, it was a, a new house. So all we did was we tried to find a, her a new house. We asked her if she needed, you know, some moving or something like that. And she said, you know, she likes to carry her own thing. So um, they did it with their own family. I think a grandson had a, you know, truck. And they, they just moved. So at the end, she didn't get nothing because remember, the payoff of the house came at 18000 Right. When she started calling, receiving calls from other wholesalers, all they were offering was 10. Yep. 
So nobody wanted the house. Yeah. But I, you know, I was not looking about the house. I probably, you know, I said, if I get 19, it's fine. At least they can pay off the house, save her from a foreclosure so she can have a new house. Because, you know, with a foreclosure, she was not going to be approved to move on to a rental. Yep. So, so what we did was we tried to remove the foreclosure from her credit. So we found her a house. We put her in that house. We closed the deal. We sold it for 25000 and we made some money at the end. Made 7000 Hold on. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely incredible. The best part about that is you truly solved that lady's problem. I mean, you stepped into her life as a complete blessing, not a burden, and you changed her life. I mean, you really helped her out in a really difficult spot when everybody else saw this as I need to get it lower, I need to get it lower, just a numbers game. I don't really care. You went in and you cared and you really took care and you took care of her. You really did. And I think that that's, that's what this business is all about. And you said right here, and I wrote it down as you were talking, it's don't chase the money, chase the problem. I absolutely love that. So, I mean, that is huge. So how much have you made? So you uh, joined in, I wrote it down, you joined in December. You really didn't start going until January. And now yeah. you're about to close deals five and six. What's the total amount of income over those deals? Probably around 45 total. 45, yeah. 50 total. With the so, two that are closing or is that the money? Oh, that yeah, with, with, the two, with the two that are closing. Without that two, it's around 30. Awesome. Awesome. So you're yeah. just building up the momentum in the first six months. I mean, think about where you're going to be after your first year. I mean, you must be just so excited. I mean, my goal is to make six figures and I think I can get it. Uh, right now, I just said a new goal, three contracts every week. I think I'm going to get it this week. And, you know, I'm, I just work hard. Like, I just really work hard. I'm the type of guy that I'm competitive, really competitive. So if I see something successful, I want to be the best. Yep. So that's my work ethic. And, you know, if I got to work 10 hours, 8 hours, 12 hours, I don't care. Like, I'll work it. Because at the end, I was working 10 hours a day on construction. So 8 hours a day calling, closing, I like closing. So that's easy. <laughs> so that's really I love easy. it. I want to give a shout out to to uh, Manny Chirinos. He's from Home Buying, Home Selling. I don't know if you know them in, in Texas. Yeah. When I first started, um, they have um, something called the cash hour, something like that. And when I first started, I know about, about, about sales. But transferring sales to real estate is a little bit hard because it's not the same selling books than selling houses. No, no. There's a, <laughs> it's a much longer process for sure. All I can recommend is like if you see something, go the harder you can. Like when I closed my first deal, I quit my job. No, even before that, I quit my job. When I knew about wholesaling, I quit my job. Like I'm not going to go work. I sold my car so I can have, you know, the money to pay rent for two two months. And I know I'm, I, I say to myself, I'm going to get a deal before I spend all this money. Yeah. Because I need it. Cause I live with my girl by myself. I got to pay Ryan. I got to pay all the bills. So mm -hmm. I say, okay, I'm going to sell my car. So that way I don't have to work. We had one car in the moment. We are two. We had, she go to college. I go, you know, I do my thing. And I say, okay, I'm going to sell this and I'm going to have money for two months. And in two months, I'm going to get a deal. And in a month and a half, I had a deal. 
17,000. Incredible. Incredible. So if somebody wants to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way to reach out to you? Um, they can reach out to me in my, in my Instagram, Mr. Kapalan Investor. Mr. That's M-R-S Kapalan, C-A-P-E-L-L-A-N Investor. And they can follow me on Instagram. Any question you guys have, I'm not an expert. I have six months. I'm, I'm just starting just like most of you. So just take action. Even though if you don't know what you're doing, like I was not knowing what, what I was doing until I, you know, joined the tribe. And uh, after my first deal, even after my first deal, I didn't know what I was doing. Sure. You know, I think, I think it was like after my fourth deal that I kind of learned. No, so you don't got to be an expert to be successful in real estate. You got to know how to solve problems. Unbelievable. 21 years old, 40,000 in the first six months. You are on your way, brother. I absolutely love it. Thank you for being on here. Um, one thing that he mentioned was a resource batch, skiptracing.com. That's where you get the most accurate phone numbers for the addresses that you're trying to get a hold of, batchskiptracing.com. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive tribe, the most proactive group, the most proactive family in real estate investing, it is the TTP family. Uh, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash slash TTP. That is wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Scroll down. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. It'll either be with me or my right-hand guy. And we look forward to that. Gabe, thank you so much for being on here. Really appreciate thank it. You, thank you. Thank You're you. Thank you. And uh, everybody else out there, as always, I love you and I encourage you to talk to people. Till next time. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.